Hey, welcome to the 60 Helmets Kickstart Podcast. It is the Monday after Bud's Creek Motocross. I'm Don Maeda, co-host Mike Antonovich, and we are joined today by our buddy Bradley Taft. Thanks for having me. Durability tester extraordinaire. <laughs> oh, God. So, uh, Mr. Taft here has uh, been helping us at Swap Model Live with some testing. And, uh, yeah, you were testing out a Bill's pipe on the KX250F for us, correct? Or KX250. Yeah. It was uh, really good, actually. I liked it a lot. So I liked the Kawasaki a lot, too. So, What and what, do you, what do you think of the bike? It, uh, suspension-wise, handles pretty well, right? The KYB fork up front? No I, I think it's one of the best bikes I've ridden, stock. Stock bikes, yeah. yeah. And then uh, you said that the pipe woke the bike up a bit? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it felt like it, felt like it pulled for a long time, mm-hmm. like on the top end. But... I don't know. I mean, I didn't ride it with the stock one, so. Yeah. Were you were you a big tester guy? Like, did you always sort that stuff out? I mean, I tried. <laughs> I, I'm not, I can't say I'm the best. I, with suspension stuff, I was not very good, but I was good with, like, motor stuff and stuff like that. But, I mean, I can definitely tell the difference in things. How about maintenance? Am I good like, at maintenance? Like bike work. No, I'm not good at that. <laughs> All right, well, that's a story for another day. But uh, so, Anton, you were at mm-hmm. Bud's Creek. I was I was riding mountain bikes in Canada. And uh, Taft, you were here, but you watched the race, correct? Yeah, I watched it on you, TV. That's your ritual every yep, Saturday. every Saturday. So uh, what's your take on what went down? I mean, it was good racing. I wish Freyness would have been able to start up front so we could have, like, closer championship battle. But it was a good race. Yeah, what's up with that, Anton? You got two two starts outside the top 20, right? Yeah, terrible starts. And then, like, him and Adam were close there, but he never really got the chance to make the push towards the front end as he needed, and then everybody saw what happened in the second moto with him and Falk kind of getting together at the top of the hill. But bad starts on that track, it's over. You know, yeah. there's really not a chance to close in because technique-wise, like, he looked great. A lot yeah, of line choices were good, but he just never closed the gap. But he got, like, two great starts at the previous two races, right? I think that that track is always such a hard one. Like, have you ever raced yeah, that? Bud's is a terrible this, start. This start's hard. Um, I just, number one, like, I know the second motor, there's a pileup. Mm-hmm. Wasn't, didn't France kind of get caught up in that Probably. a little bit? Probably, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that start's weird. Like, usually the, the inside's best, but, like, the I've only raced it one year. And the year that I raced it, or no, no I raced it two years. The years that I raced it, I was, like, by the box. And, like, the first year, I lined up next to the box, and I almost whole shot at both motos. So it's, like, but it's weird. Like, that doesn't usually happen. Usually the starts usually come from the inside. So mm-hmm. the start's definitely hard, especially with the 180. But, and I think the, the pileups didn't help for Andis either. Mm-hmm. And CNC is too solid, honestly. Yeah. I mean, when he got through, when Adam got through the first turn, in the second moto, he pinched in and took off. Yeah. Second First moto was the same thing. He stayed pretty close. Dylan's starts this year, though, they've not really been great. Unadilla was the first time that I can recall in recent memory that they've been really, really good. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what put him in a hole so so badly at the first four rounds of the year. Adam, I mean, what's Adam's worst start this year? Like fifth? Probably. I think think Moto 2 is his worst start that he's ever had. Of this weekend? Of this year. Yeah, I mean, and even that wasn't terrible. No, he was, I mean, he was not far back, but then, like, I just watched a GoPro on the way over here. Mm-hmm. Um, him and Hart F got together, so he lost, like, a bunch of spots there. But still, yeah, I think off the start, I think he was, like, probably sixth or seventh, and mm-hmm. that's his worst start all year. Yeah. 
And Franis is usually outside the top 20 mm-hmm. just about every time. And then has to climb back through and go yeah. through a bunch of guys that he is way different in pace from and has to use yeah. different lines and can't make those passes the same way he needs to. Yeah. Were you uh, – and when you were there in person, did you see the uh, – the, uh, no incident with uh, Frandis. And no, because I was probably I was on a different part of the track. Yeah. But then when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> that makes sense." I liked his caption on Instagram this morning. Mm-hmm. Stupid rider. Yeah, hey, I hold nothing back, man. This is. I, it's just, and that's a weird track because every time you come over a hill, there's a like one more little mound that blocks it off. So as soon as you come over to the top, you don't know what's there until you're at the peak, and then it's just like, "Oh, shit, there it is." I don't really can't go anywhere from it. Yeah. Uh, you're a racer. Uh, did uh, did Falk do anything wrong there? I mean, I don't know if he necessarily did down, anything right? wrong. I mean, he probably could have made a better decision, but also, too, when you're in that moment and everything's happening, I mean, I can't say I would have done anything different. I probably would end up doing the same thing, as, oh. as bad as it sounds, racing, but racing, that's just racing, yeah. Mm-hmm. And especially for Falk, who's trying so hard to get good results. Yeah. And now he's in the front of the pack and everything's going well. I mean, you've been to enough races. You know, the flaggers don't exactly dictate to a, an oncoming rider where they Which should go. So he, he could have been funneled right into them and had no way to do it. And Falk's probably just scrambling like, yeah, I got to get up. I got to get going. I have to keep these positions. Mm-hmm. That was the thing, too. At least on TV, they didn't really show what happened to Falk. He just came out of nowhere and, like, came into into Frana. So I didn't see what even happened before that. Yeah, like you don't know if he's picking the bike up yeah. or whatever. Or I don't know if he he might have even just slid out and stayed up, but like did a U turn somehow. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know. I don't even know what happened. So it's it's hard. I mean, yeah, it's hard to say that he could have done anything different. I mean, mm-hmm. he might have been able to, but same time, when you're in that position, it's just you make decisions quickly and yeah. and do it. Like with you, I'm sure that you've had that incident, like something similar where you're like, yeah. oh my god, I'm at the front of the pack. I gotta yeah. keep going, otherwise I'm gonna get run down. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, so we also had uh, Alex Martin on the podium, Suzuki on the podium, which is it's happened once before this year, right? It's happened. A, he's yeah. ever since they've made some motor changes, mm-hmm. they've had a lot of improvement. Alex has gotten better starts. Uh, Unadilla, I don't think was so great, but then this was a big comeback for him because it shows what they're doing with that bike is up there. And I mean, he was at the start early. Like Alex has proven, hey, we can get up in the front. Uh, we caught kind of gave them some flack at Thunder Valley when we posted that photo of him so far behind everybody at the start of that uphill start. But since then, they've made a lot of changes and figured out the engine. Mm-hmm. I feel like since Redbud, he's been yeah, like, really since starts Redbud. and like and him and Peter Peters is like almost whole shots just about mm-hmm. every race. And both small guys. Yeah. So like that's a pretty good advantage. Yeah. If it was a bigger guy on that bike, it might be a little different. Yeah. But Alex has said like they've changed the engine package. They've adjusted flywheels to get a different like power to the ground they've changed tire you know sizes and everything to try to figure out exactly what they need to do so they're in a much better place than they were at the start of the year because they put so much emphasis on supercross mm-hmm. well your your buddy alex ray is really impressed with the rmz 250 isn't he yeah rm army that's all i hear all day yeah rm army just how it? good it is and he's not a little guy no yeah no he's i mean he's on a 450 though well, I mean, no. I guess he did ride that 250 He's a little bit. He rode the yeah, hell out of that 250. That's true. Yep. <laughs> you know, he looked the best ever was on that 125. Oh, yeah, yeah. At yeah. Milestone? Yeah, he yeah. was the man on that. Thing. Born yeah. in the wrong era. Yeah, he was, huh? Okay, so what does Adam have to do next week? Has anyone done the math yet? Um, I have, have the points right now. Hold on. 
What's he got? 30, 30 points? Yeah, he's 30 points up. Yeah. I mean, so realistically, just finish the first moto yeah. in a points bank position and it's over. Yeah. Yeah. That's. <laughs> it's kind of nice to see that he's going to win this title after the heartbreak of the Supercross, mm-hmm. the way that went down. Um, I don't know. Good to see him go out in the class with a title, in my opinion. Yeah. I, if he would have went this whole run and nothing to put on Mitch's trailer, I think he would have beat himself up for that for the rest of his life. Yeah. You know, it's pretty cool that he's that fast on the 250 outdoors because, I mean, he's not a little guy. Mm -mm. And if you watch his GoPro stuff, like I've watched every video that he's done this year, Mm -hmm. he runs outside lines everywhere. And sometimes it's detrimental because, you know, somebody that takes an inside line will chop him off or he goes, you know, that adds a lot of distance on the track. But he maintains his momentum all the way around. And then, I mean, it did catch him at Bud's Creek. That's why he made that mistake in the first moto when the bike Mm. went over that berm. But he's really shown you can be a bigger guy. You just have to ride the hell out of the bike all the time. He revs it more than anybody does. He always is on the gas. So it's good to see him kind of put this together with next year already confirmed. I think it's impressive how he came back from Supercross. I mean, as as a racer, just like, for example, last year I went racing in Australia and the third round, like I had the race one and I fell in the last lap and lost it. Mm-hmm. And I was like pretty messed up over that. Yeah. And that was just like one, it was an Australian supercross. Like I couldn't imagine having a championship, supercross championship thrown away. And then two weeks later, two weeks later line. you're on the line racing and mm-hmm. he's about to win a championship now. But I think that that they've had so much stuff happen. Like Nick has been such an integral part of everything that they've done this year. And other people that have been around him have stepped back. The fact that it's just him, Nick, and his and his girlfriend going to the races, like mm-hmm. it shows, hey, this is the focus. We're not going to let outside distractions come in and mess up what we're doing. We're just trying to go forward. Yeah. And the Nick's with him this weekend down in Florida just to keep everything organized so they can come into Ironman and not have any concerns. Mm-hmm. But for Dylan, I mean, this is big for him. It shows that, you know, one week he's been so-so, and then the next week he's great, and then the next week – know building and building and building i think technique wise and i mean you could probably attest to this more it's hard to find a guy that looks better on the bike than him right now he's upright more you know he's his line choices line are choice good is huge yeah he never seems like he hits a bump and then it gets like thrown out of rhythm or he's out of control like he just hits everything and just keeps going forward mm-hmm. yeah he's a he picks a picks the track apart mm-hmm. very well finds lines that nobody else does is is just his starts have killed him. Mm-hmm. I mean, like right there, average start three point four for AC. Dylan's six point six. Is that right? No. Yeah. Average start. Yeah. yeah. So and that's big. Yeah. I mean, Adam of all the guys has the best average start by far. Yeah. Hey, when but, you, you were talking about AC running outside lines to make up for his size, do you think that has something to do with him flying off the track all the time? Yeah. Because he's a hundred percent. Always. Because you catch edge. a bump and then you just go off. There's nothing you can really do. You don't have the wide line, the whole track to kind of yeah. counterbalance that. Mm-hmm. Okay, 450s, we have Eli wrapping it up one race early. And I don't think anybody until the last two laps realized that was possible because I was on the other side of the track. I was like, mm, I should probably start going to the podium to see this. And I'm like, oh, oh, he won. Okay, like he won the race and then he wins the championship. I don't think anybody expected him to win the title this weekend that way. I don't think he did either. No, I don't think the team did. I no. don't think anything because it's one thing to win a championship and there's usually a big celebration and we know Cowie is a rather reserved team right now, but they didn't. They were just like, oh, yeah, this was good. Cool. All right, let's tear down and let's go on to the next one. There they, wasn't. But they had the shirts ready. And shirts and hats and everything, yeah. Yeah. So 
that that had to be quite a uh, a nice rebound for him after last week. It was huge. You and know. I was I think I was the only person that got him on camera after Unadilla. And he's like, "Yeah, I got arm pump. I overworked myself in the week." And I was just like, "Okay, I wonder what that means." But I didn't elaborate because he was trying to get out of there. Mm-hmm. So I was lucky just to even get an interview after Unadilla. But then the this week the team kind of went out of their way to tell everybody like. Yeah, he was tired at Unadilla because he worked on his farm and, like, cooked yeah. himself in the week leading up to Unadilla. So like, that's why he's like tired. worked on the farm farm? or Yeah, apparently, did, like, driving stakes into the ground. Oh, wow. Yeah. You do that in the off season, man. So, but that was huge for him. I mean, that was a really dominant performance because qualifying was just mediocre, I would say. Yeah. Especially after, e- or after Kenny goes two seconds a lot faster than anybody in the first practice. Mm-hmm. Marvin closed that gap in the second one, but... You kind of watch that, and you're just like, okay, Eli's just, what's he going to do for this? Because he had put so much emphasis on clinching at Bud's Creek. And I think everybody thought after Unadilla that's not a possibility. He's going to have to wait until Ironman. Mm-hmm. Speaking on that, what place did McGrath qualify? Uh, I'll tell you. 18th? <laughs> yeah. 1-1. One, one. <laughs> and I honestly, like even when I interviewed him after the race, I think a lot of people were just – you know, he's going to star next year. It's over. Yeah. He's struggled with the bike all year. It hasn't been a great season. You would think he'd just phone it in and try to get some top ten results and whatever, but he the didn't The expectation's even, gone, though, too. The expectation's gone, and yeah. he didn't – he never even really looked like he was charging. No, like, that he was, was the so most smooth. concerned, he like, was so controlled smooth. ride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. When, when uh, we had just all finished a run down to, to the restaurant, and so we're sitting in this restaurant in Creekside, and – I pull up Twitter, and McGrath says, hey, it's it's 2 o'clock. The races should be over by now, right? And I go, oh, yeah. And I'm like, whoa. And he looks at me and I go, McElrath won. He went 1-1. One, one. <laughs> Jeremy goes, what? <laughs> Don't mess with me. But, I mean, it was just it was shocking. I yeah, think. It was, yeah. Like in the first moto. Even, even Shane was probably shocked, right? A, a little bit. Because then how was your weekend? He's like, yeah, we overslept through our alarm. Like we were late coming to the track. I felt not that good in qualifying. And then when I got into the front pack at the start of the race, he's like, oh, I, I could do this. He chases master pool well. Like if you watch the GoPro, he never really lets them get too far ahead. He reels them in because master pool is a rookie. He's only got yeah. so much stamina and, and experience doing this. He like kind of yells at him just to let him know he's there, makes a pass at the top of the hill in a really tight turn and checks out. But he's like, yeah, I, I didn't think that that was possible. And then for the second moto, he gets in the lead right away and, I mean, has like one really sketchy moment right before the finish line on that first lap, but then settled back in, passed Amart, I mean, not even 10 seconds later, and then goes after Oldenburg. Mm-hmm. So it shows that like when he's on, he's on. Yeah. And that'll be good for next year because the program that they're going to put him on is I mean, it's proven to work. Yeah. I think he's going to be... He's going to be the guy He's going to be very good next mm-hmm. year. What were you thinking when you were watching it go down? I was shocked that he won the first moto, uh-huh. but then I didn't think he'd... Like, whenever he backed it up again, I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like, I thought he would win... After he won the first moto, I didn't think he would win the second one, too. Yeah, I didn't. I, I honestly... When he got into the lead in the first one, I'm like, okay, like... How long is this going to go until somebody reels him in and makes this a battle and it never happened? And I was just like, whoa, yeah. okay. And then the second one was even probably a bigger surprise just yeah. because 
he's struggled with so many things this year. You know, his back doesn't feel right. He gets banged up in a crash. They missed the mark on bike setup. You're like, okay, is one of those things going to come in? And it didn't matter mm-hmm. at all. Well, you know, to like how racer, I mean, how it is too is I'm sure he won. Like I thought he would win that first moto with the way his year's gone. He would be like just stoked about that first moto. Mm-hmm. So then second moto, he'd be like, I don't need to really like do that off, much. Like just yeah. because he won the first moto, he was stoked from that. And then he went and backed it up, and I was like, oh, okay. So there's this thing, like I read a bunch of racing books and stuff like that and, and talking to riders. They're like, yeah, these days when you have these next-level performances, it doesn't feel like you're trying that hard. Yeah. Have you had that happen? Yep. What's that like? What's that like? And did you ever try to replicate that again, like that going I, through the motions again? Yeah, I still don't know. I mean, I it was second 450A moto at Loretta's in 2015. Mm-hmm. I started in like 15th. Caught everyone past him and won by like 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. And I've no, I don't I don't know I don't know how I did it. I don't know what was different that day, but that was probably the best one I've ever had there. And even like my brother's like, what? Why can't you do that again? And I'm like, dude, I don't know. <laughs> like, so there was just something something like clicked that day. I don't know. And everybody says that when that stuff happens, they don't feel like they've exerted a lot of energy. They can almost like tell what the bike's gonna do before the bike even does it. Yeah, literally. I think that week. So the fastest lap time of the week was a 153 or something by Charbonneau. Mm-hmm. And I ran like four of them in a row that moto, 153. Really? Yeah, like four of them in a row in that one moto. Yeah, so this book I'm reading, it's like a MotoGP book, and it's a compilation of this guy's, like one of us, a journalist that's at every race, and it's his stories all the time. And he interviewed like five guys to figure out, like they've been in that mindset where they just feel like everything comes together at the right time. And he asked like, well, what do you do to try to replicate that? And everybody said, we just do the same routine every single time. Like, if you watch MotoGP racing, that's why Rossi, like, bends down next to the bike. When he's in his motorhome, he goes through the same thing all the time, wakes up at the same schedule. Like, everything these guys try to do is to replicate that so they know, okay, this happening was in a factor that changed the offset of the whole day. And I mm-hmm. think more and more guys are starting to get into is that, that mindset. A, is that a conscious thing that they're doing to mm-hmm. try to replicate? Or are they OCD superstars? I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Did you have any... Uh I didn't have, like, routines, but, I mean, I have stuff that I'm, like, super, like, helmets. Like, I'd always drop my helmet for it. Like, I have stuff like that, but I don't have, like, a routine that I'm, like, set on or anything. Yeah. No left, left boot. No. No. No uh, Whole Foods market and then breakfast. No. No. Yeah, your your buddy Ari has to do that. Yeah, probably. I'm sure he's got some weird stuff going on. (laughs) Well, hey, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors, but uh, we'll be back from with Taft. Hey everyone, it's Marvin Miskin from the Red Bull KTM Racing Team. Right now, KTM is making it easier than ever to get out and ride. Head to your local KTM Autorized dealer to take advantage of limited time offer on qualified dirt, street, adventure, and naked models, or check out KTM.com to learn more today. Hi, this is 250 Supercross Champion Chase Sexton of the Geico Hana Team. To get the most performance out of your motocross bike, make sure you're using the Yoshimura exhaust systems. Visit Yosh at Yoshimura-RD.com to see their wide line of slip-ons and complete systems for your bike today. Now enjoy the Swap Moto Live Kickstart podcast. Riders like Justin Cooper, Dylan Ferrandis, Eli Tomac, Adam Entingnap, Josh Hansen, and more partner with Wartz Chassis Lab for engine mounts and other special parts to add comfort to and enhance the handling characteristics of their bikes. With championships and race wins to prove it, Works Chassis Lab Parts provides the winning edge. 
visit workschassislab.com for more information. In 2013, 6D Helmets forever changed the way we think about motorcycle safety helmets. With its patented omnidirectional suspension system to help absorb rotational impacts, the original ATR1 helmet swept through the industry and was received with open arms by riders and racers alike. The new 6D ATR2 and ATR2U are even better than the original and carry a limited three-year warranty and a unique technology that allows the helmet to be rebuilt after most crashes. Visit 6dhelmets.com for more info. Hey, welcome back to the 6D Helmets Kickstart Podcast. Um, so here's the deal. Uh, the second half of this podcast has to be held till Wednesday, as uh, Bradley Taft told us some uh, information that's not for public knowledge yet. So please tune in on Wednesday for the complete Kickstart Podcast presented by 6D. Thank you. <laughs>